Hey guys, what's up? Big Drewski here. You're listening to the Little Tangerine Show. One of the fastest growing Tennessee sports talk shows in all the land. We hit 4 million views on TikTok, baby, since the season started. We're doing big things, and that's all because of you guys, all you ball for lifes out there that just want to see some positivity surrounding the Tennessee balls. While I'm at it, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to one of my favorite local hotspots to get all my game day gear from. Located on West Emory Road up in Powell, Tennessee, the Depot Print House. They've got some amazing stuff, guys. Truly unique, one of a kind. A lot of hand-drawn designs, baby. They got some killer stuff. I've been rocking it in some of my videos. They hooked me up with some stickers and a swag bag. I absolutely love it. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Hit them up on Facebook.com backslash the Depot Print House. Let's get into the show. Go balls. Hey guys, what is up? Big Drewski here. You're listening to the Little Tangerine Show. Welcome, welcome. Uh, shout out to all the new likes, all the new listeners. Um, we've had a massive uptick on Facebook as of late. Um, <clears throat> been posting some videos about Deion Sanders and just some other things. And for some reason, those have resonated with a lot of new people. Um, so if you are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. Um, you know, here I primarily talk about Tennessee Vols football and then, you know, college football as a whole. Um, you know, I just try to cover some topics that I feel like, you know, discussing that I feel like, um, you know, are things of note. Um, but it is primarily a Tennessee Vols show. Uh, like I said, we do talk about some other stuff as well. But welcome, welcome, nonetheless. Um, yeah, so getting into some kind of news around around the horn so to speak it was a fantastic by the way happy new year and this is the first episode of 2023 i do believe um it was a fantastic uh, weekend for college football fans um i mean one of the most memorable um bowl weekends that i can remember in a long time um, but we're going to do just a quick recap here of some notable games. Uh, let's see here. The Vols did, uh, walk away with a dub in their bowl game, which was nice. Um, kind of feels like, you know, a weight lifted off of our shoulders. Now, if you remember, um, I had basically said, you know, that, um, the bowl games are pretty much a scrimmage, which they are, um, you know, I, I was happy that we won, you know, I ordered a, you know, orange bowl champion shirt, just like everybody else did. You know, I was happy that we won. It's a good sign, you know, to, to any time to come away with a, you know, dub against, uh, you know, a very good Clemson team. Um, but you know, for me, um, I look at these as like, you know, the ball games just don't have as much weight to them anymore. Um, so, you know, that being said, though, you're basically looking at, you know, next year's teams. So us getting a win against Clemson, next year's Clemson team is still very good. <clears throat> um, you know, coming back over some notable games so far, this is just bowl season so far, but, uh, you know, and well, like I said, I, I like to focus on SEC teams as well. But Florida lost to Oregon State. Oregon State was ranked 17th. They lost 30 to three. 
Uh, more notable games. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Getting on down here. Getting on down here. Wake Forest beat Missouri 27 to 17. Now, like I said, some of these games are old, but we're just doing a bowl, um, bowl recap here. Um, scrolling on down, scrolling on down. Wisconsin, uh, you know, beat Oklahoma State 24 to 17. Uh, <clears throat> Arkansas squeaked one out against Kansas 55 to 53. You know, Kansas, is, you know, is not notoriously a good football team, but they had a very good start and then kind of piddled out a little bit, but still a quality win. Um, number 15, Oregon beat uh, UNC 2827. Uh, Texas Tech beat Mississippi, um, which I, I'm always going to get a giggle, but uh, you know, because of Lane Kiffin. But 42 to 25, Texas Tech beat Mississippi. Minnesota beat Syracuse. Florida State squeaked one out against Oklahoma 35 32. Number 12, Washington beat number 21, Texas 27 20. Maryland, um, unranked Maryland beat 25th ranked North Carolina State 16 to 12. Pittsburgh squeaked, you know, unranked Pittsburgh squeaked one out against number 18 UCLA 37 35. Pittsburgh is another one of those teams that the Vols beat early in the season. There, everybody says it's terrible, but again, I've said all along, I think. Pittsburgh's defensive line is little, little underrated. They're they're better than they get credit for. Um, so that's going to look kind of good for the Vols. Um, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, number 19, Notre Dame. Um, just they beat uh, number 20, South Carolina, 45 to 38. South Carolina obviously was the dagger in the Tennessee Vols season. They also beat Clemson, um, which you would have thought would have you know mattered for us, but apparently it didn't. Um, yeah, the Vols. Uh, beat Clemson pretty good. Number six ranked Vols versus now number 10th ranked Clemson 31 to 14. Bama pretty well throttled Kansas State. Number five Bama uh, throttled number 11 Kansas State 45 to 20. Iowa 21 over Kentucky 0. TCU um, played very well against Michigan. Michigan was kind of driving late. Um, came back and looked like they were going to do something and then fumbled on the last drive there with, you know, seconds left pretty much. And that was the the end of the game there. The uh, center hiked the ball when the quarterback wasn't even looking and they fumbled. But they were driving looking like they might be able to do something. And I think it came down, if I'm not mistaken, to pretty much a Hail Mary play. <clears throat> they had one last heave that they could have made to try to win or something. Um, but yeah, TCU outlast Michigan. So TCU will go to the national championship. Georgia squeaked one out against Ohio state 42, 41 Georgia. A lot of people missed that game because of new years or just, they went to bed or whatever. I actually was streaming that game. So it was pretty fantastic to watch. Um, and other news, uh, number 24, Mississippi state beats Illinois 1910 uh, number 16 LSU throttled Purdue 26 to 7 or sorry 63 to 7 hopefully I didn't mess up too much another phenomenal game Tulane comes from behind late in the game to upset USC number 14th ranked Tulane shout out to Vol for Life JJ McCleskey who's a coach on that team 
number 14 upsets number 8 USC 46-45. was just absolutely amazing late, uh, late game uh, comeback. Number 9, Penn State upset number 7, Utah 35-21. The only remaining game, <clears throat> Monday, January 9th, TCU versus Georgia. But, yeah, it's been a great um, – it's been a great bowl season, guys. Um, you know, we'll get into some ranking stuff here in a minute. Um, uh, but, you know, in other news, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills cornerback, DeMar Hamlin, um, basically collapsed in the middle of Monday Night Football's game uh, with a cardiac episode. Um Essentially, just to give you the rundown, he collapsed, um, and you know, like he, he, so he makes a tackle, a very routine, average-looking tackle, nothing really out of the norm. I mean, uh, it was a hard hit. He went to tackle T. Higgins, and um, T. Higgins is a pretty big dude for a wide receiver. But uh, and by the way, this was against the Cincinnati Bengals, but. Um, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver um, T. Higgins caught the ball and sort of ran into DeMar, um, you know, sort of kind of ran into him. Um, and, you know, DeMar just kind of wrapped him up and they both kind of just fell to the ground. Um, DeMar popped up, kind of froze for a second and then just dropped to the ground, just fell straight backwards. And, um, you know, so he he had a cardiac episode. He quit uh, quit breathing on the field, and then they they literally revived him on the field. Paramedics, I mean, did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, I think the numbers that I seen where they were on him within about ten seconds. They had him revived pretty quickly. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people don't understand if you go without oxygen. For more than a minute, you know, you, you essentially can lose, like, you know, you can have permanent issues, um, permanent brain issues because of that. So it's very important when someone stops breathing to get them breathing again pretty quick. Um, you know, so uh, the the medical staff did a phenomenal job with him. Um, within nine minutes, he was he was being, you know, put in the ambulance. The, you know, the ambulance pulled on the field and... Uh, <clears throat> He was being taken to a nearby hospital. Um, you know, so the the good signs were they obviously had him stabilized enough to where they could take an extra second and make sure he was secured properly and everything and, you know, get him loaded up and stuff. But, um, you know, obviously just not what you want. Scary, scary thing, scary, scary scene, um, <clears throat> you know, and it's just not what you want in, in sports. Um, the players were obviously shaken up, primarily the Bills, because, you know, that was their teammate. Um, and, but, you know, both teams go to the locker room. Essentially, there's like an hour delay before, um, you know, they decided to just postpone the game altogether, um, which surprisingly, um, now I'm not a Bengals or a Bills fan, but surprisingly, um, this has been kind of a either or type situation as far as how people were, have reacted. Some people said they should have just finished the game. Other people said they were right for canceling the game. Not really sure. I'll probably put a, a poll up on um, 
probably put it up on Facebook. So find me on Facebook if you want to get in on that poll and kind of voice your opinion on what you think. Um, just look up, uh, I think it's Big Drewski. It's either Big Drewski or Big Wood Drewski, um, just like it is on my other stuff. But uh, if you're not sure, just hit up the link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Big Ludrewski. Um But yeah, you know, it's kind of been, I've heard people on both sides of the spectrum saying that they should have just finished the game. Other people saying that, you know, they should have canceled it. I, you know, I don't know if that decision came from the coaches or the players or where that decision come from. Um, a lot of people were saying the NFL was basically saying that they needed to get the game rolling five minutes later. They of course come back and denied that, which even if they did say it, they're going to deny that. Right. But, um, you know, so, um, Last that I read, I just double-checked, you know, before I started talking about this story. Um, last I checked, he's still in critical condition. Um, he's been in critical condition since this happened. Um, <clears throat> they've got him stabilized and everything. Um, but I'm guessing that they're just kind of running some tests and things of that nature. Not really sure. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, Scary, scary thing. Now, of course, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories. There's a lot of people out there saying that... <clears throat> sorry. Um, that was not an intended throat clear. I just... I'm driving down the road, and I've got the heater on. I guess it, like, did something weird to my tonsils. <laughs> my tonsils. Um, but... <clears throat> actually, no, I had my tonsils removed. I don't know what that was. Um, but... Yeah, so there's a lot of people saying that, you know, it's kind of conspiracy theories going around that this is all because of the, you know, COVID-19 vaccine that, we, you know, we all more or less had to take. And, um, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I do. It, it's weird that, you know, it does seem like there's been an uptick in professional athletes having cardiac episodes as of late. I don't know what that's about. Um you know, but it's it's just, you know, it's a scary situation and it's a situation that nobody wants to see. I mean, if you if, if you're into that sort of thing, you're a bit of a psycho, right? Like <clears throat> nobody wants to see perfectly healthy athletes dropping down with essentially heart attacks or whatever. So it's a very curious case. It's a very interesting case, you know, with all due respect a lot of people are kind of keeping their eye on that because it's just so out of the norm. Um, but either way, prayers for DeMar. He, he apparently was a phenomenal human being. Um, all these stories have come out, you know, from where he was at Pitt and he's organizing, you know, toy drives and all this stuff and doing a lot of good things. So on pretty much all accounts, he appears to be just a, you know, phenomenal human being. I've never met him, but, um, just by looking online, you know, there's just a lot of good things that he's got going on. Um, so hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Um, you know, Mike Leach just passed away a few weeks back because of a cardiac episode. Ken Block, who is someone that I kind of um, always enjoyed watching. You know, I was a big Rob Deerdeck fan, and, you know, I was a big fan of Robin Big and Fantasy Factory, and so... 
I kind of knew of Ken Block from that, the Jim Connor stuff. Um, you know, Ken Block passed away as well over the weekend. For those of you who didn't know that, um, he was riding a snowmobile and somehow he flipped it um, and you know either ended up upended or rolled over, or had some type of accident where you know he was essentially uh, the, you know the snowmobile had kind of rolled over onto him somehow, so he died. Um, pretty much died on the spot because of that. Now you have DeMar, um, you know, it's just, it, they always say these things come in threes, but I mean, it's just, um, I don't know. It's, um, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, but you know, and I, I'm not going to pretend that like, you know, I knew a lot about DeMar or anything like that, but Mike Leach is like, was one of my favorite coaches in college football. I, I had ties to Ken Block from the standpoint of like I've watched him on a lot of stuff, and um, you know, this is just not the kind of stuff that you want to read about, obviously. Um, so prayers with Ken Block's family, uh, obviously, still prayers with Mike Leach's family, uh, and prayers for Demar and a speedy recovery. I mean, that's just you know, not the type of stuff that you want to see. So. Um, that's kind of, I guess, the rundown on that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other just general news that I wanted to cover before I get into the um, the new alleged rankings. I, I've not seen anything particular on these rankings, but I think that was kind of it as far as the stuff that I wanted to cover. But um, so new. You know, and I don't know how accurate these are. If they are accurate, then this is just kind of absolute garbage. And I honestly am just kind of not even wanting to read it. Um, but, um, uh, you know, the new college football rankings have apparently unofficially come out. Um, now, if you look at AP News, it's still showing... It's still showing... I guess this is technically a prediction. Um, let me make sure before I... Um, before I really put this out there. But um, I think these are... Okay, these are technically predictions, I believe. Um, these are technically just predictions, okay? Um... So, and I'm just going to start from 25th. But if this is how it goes down, this is just absolutely garbage. Uh, I guess they're really anticipating some things happening. But um, so at number 25, they have the Pittsburgh Panthers. Number 24, Fresno State Bulldogs. Number 23, Mississippi State Bulldogs. So they would have moved up a spot after I think they got the win. I don't, I don't even remember all the scores I read earlier. Texas Longhorns would be ranked 22nd above Mississippi State, even though Mississippi State's 9-4 and four and Texas is 8-5, and five, but it's neither here nor there, I guess. Um, Troy Trojans, 12-2, and two, which I think that's a little bit of a slap and tickle towards them, but, uh, you know. South Carolina Gamecocks would end 20th at 8-5. and five. UCLA Bruins would end 19th at 9-4. and four. Notre Dame Fighting Irish, 18th at 9-4. and four. 
Oregon State Beavers would be 17th at 10 and 4. The LSU Tigers would be 16th at 10 and 4. Uh, Oregon Ducks would be 15th at 10 and 3. Um, Kansas State Wildcats would be 14th at 10 and 4. Florida State Seminoles 13th at 10 and 3. Clemson Tigers would be 12th at 11 and 3. Um, USC Trojans would be 11th at 11 and 3. Tulane Green Wave, baby, 12 and 2. Coming in at 10th. Coming in at 9th, the Utah Utes would be 10 and 4. Number 8, Washington Huskies, 11 and 2. They really squeaked out a good year, didn't they? Number 7, Penn State Nidney Lions, 6th would be the Tennessee Vols, 11 and 2. Somehow, um, They've got my Vols staying at the same exact spot this, despite arguably upsetting uh, the ACC champions, which I find to be peculiar. They have the Alabama Crimson Tide at 5th um, at 11-2. and two. They've got Bama ahead of Tennessee, who, you know, Tennessee beat this year. Tennessee also smoked LSU, who also beat Bama, which I find interesting. Um, by the way, I can't remember if I said it, but the Nidney Lions were 11-2. and two. The Vols and Crimson Tide both are 11-2. and two. Um, The Tennessee Vols, only two losses is to number one Georgia and to South Carolina, which arguably was a bit of a fluke, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Bama's two losses are to the Vols. And to LSU, who the ball smoked. So, but they uh, are predicting them to be one spot ahead. Ohio State Buckeyes coming in at fourth, so they would stay in the same spot at eleven and two. Honestly, I mean, that's their only two losses. Uh, I kind of am on board with that because they lost to the number one and number two teams at the time. Uh, Michigan Wolverines will be third at 13 and one. Uh, either TCU Horn Frogs or the Georgia Bulldogs would be first or second, depending on how that game plays out. Um, honestly, I would think, and again, I it goes back into the head-to-head loss thing, which. May or may not matter anymore. Uh, it didn't matter for the Vols, but um, I almost think if TCU loses to number one Georgia, I almost think that I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on that. Michigan lost. I almost think Michigan should stay ahead of them, um, even though they beat them. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, if you're just looking at overalls, I mean, that would give TCU two losses. They lost to Kansas State, who got slaughtered by Bama. Um, they did beat Michigan, but it was uh, it was by a touchdown. Um, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, like, you know, head-to-head should matter, but I really don't know how that's going to fall. Um, I don't know how it's going to fall uh, because, you know, head-to-head should matter, but, you know, then you look at a team like the Vols who – at one point, LSU and Bama was ranked ahead of them, you know, like, and they had beat both of them. So I, I, I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, and again, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Um, but I think that's probably a little bit more accurate. The one that I read this morning had Bama coming in at like second. And I was like, okay, I don't know how you got that. Like, I don't know how you got Bama coming in at second. And then they had like TCU at 10th or whatever. And I'm like, did y'all literally just do this to try to get people talking? Or like, is there actually a point to it? Because as I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, there's just no way that makes any kind of like sense. Um, but either way. Uh, but yeah, it's been a phenomenal game, like or a phenomenal weekend. You know, my Vols showed up, showed out, played, uh, you know, Clemson very well. Um, you know, you had the amazing fourth quarter comeback from Tulane. You had, you know, the, um, I mean, arguably amazing fourth quarter comeback from Georgia. Uh, very just kind of dramatic type game, the Georgia versus Ohio State. You know, Ohio State gets out and just starts pummeling Georgia early. I mean, I think they went up like 21 to 7 or something at one point and, you know, just absolutely killing it. Um, and, you know, they come out, they're doing phenomenal early. Um, and then Georgia slowly starts chipping away. You know, you had a, a very controversial non-targeting call against Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, you know, Ohio State throws a pass up. He's kind of stand, standing there at the back of the end zone about to catch the ball. Uh, Georgia State defender comes up and just absolutely lays one on him. Um, to me... I didn't really necessarily think it was targeting. Um, a lot of people were arguing that it was targeting. In my opinion, you would have had more of a case for like hit on a defensive play or defenseless player. I think would have maybe been a more accurate penalty in that situation because Harrison was kind of looking up for the ball, just trying to catch it, and then he just you know absolutely gets rocked. Um, he leaves, leaves the game, and then after that, it's a totally different ball game. Uh, you know, arguably, like I said, I think that, uh, you know, hit on a defensive defenseless player would be more likely or be a more accurate penalty in that situation. But uh, then Georgia's chipping away at the very end. They end up um, ahead. It comes down to a you know, pretty much final second field goal that Ohio State ends up just missing. Um, they're essentially missing it as the ball's dropping in New York. Georgia comes out, you know, kneels the ball. I mean, it was just a super yeah, dramatic game. And honestly, the TCU-Michigan game would have went down in the books as one of the greatest college football playoff games ever. It still did, but it was immediately overshadowed by the Georgia game. Um you know, the Michigan game, same thing. TCU comes out. They're pretty much whooping that ass. And, then you know, Michigan starts chipping away, and they come back. They get the ball. It's basically down to a final drive. And, like I said, they're driving down the field. And then, you know, pretty much, um, you know, uh, you know, it comes down to a final drive, and then they end up fumbling and just ends their season. I mean, just super, super dramatic storylines here. Um, 
and uh, it's you know, like I said, it's phenomenal to watch. I I was just kind of on the edge of my seat um, all game long or whatever, but it, it was it was great. I mean, I, I had a great weekend. Um, you know, looking ahead to next year, and I will kind of do a little bit of a recap on the balls game. Um, you know, so again, if you're if you're listening to this and you're not a balls fan, uh, you can just tune out at that point. But, uh, but yeah, so looking ahead to next year, I've already kind of read you the, the quote unquote final rankings. Um, but looking ahead to next year at the recruiting classes, um, Alabama, obviously it's you know, no surprise there. Alabama is currently ranked first in recruiting Georgia second, Texas third, Miami fourth, um, Oklahoma fifth, Ohio State sixth, seventh is LSU, eighth Notre Dame, not Tennessee, baby. Top ten recruiting. Number ten, Clemson, number eleven, Oregon. Uh, twelve is Texas AM, thirteen's Florida. Florida was actually in the top five at one point. They've really, really fallen. Um, I'm guessing due to how their seasons went. But 14th, Penn State, 15th, USC, that's uh, University of Southern California, um, 16th, South Carolina, 17th, Michigan, 18th, TCU, 20th is uh, Florida State, 20, or I'm sorry, 19th is Florida State, 20th is Auburn, 21st is Arkansas, 22, Utah, 23, Texas Tech, 24, Mississippi State, 25, Nebraska. That rounds out the top um you know, the top 25 recruiting classes of next year. Uh, I couldn't be happier as a Tennessee Vols fan. Couldn't be happier after the game we played. Um, you know, just absolute. You know, I, there's a lot of people in this world, okay? A lot of people in this world that don't know what it's like to watch. Tennessee football dominate anything, um, you know. Uh, obviously, Georgia and South Carolina had our number this year. There's other games that you could say we didn't dominate. But to watch Tennessee football be, you know, really, really good, there's a lot of people that's like, oh, they're going to go back to, you know, 7-5 and five next year. And, oh, they're going to, you know, whatever. Um there's a lot of people that's trying to ride them off, okay? And again, you know, I'll be one of the first ones to admit that, uh, you know, the bowl games just don't hold the weight that they used to hold. Uh, you know, they're just not as important as they used to be. Um, but what it is a good indicator of is, you know, when you're, when you're watching bowl games, you're basically watching next year's teams play this year. Right, you're looking at next year's Tennessee Vols team. You're looking at next year's Clemson team, um, with the exception of the playoffs. The playoffs, you're you're looking at the best teams this year right now, okay. And I do think the more that time has gone on, the more I've had time to think about it, reflect. Initially, I was kind of against, maybe not against, but I wasn't exactly for, um, you know, the twelve team playoff format. It's kind of growing on me a little bit because after, you know, watching some of these bowl games, 
Bama feels like they that they are the you know second best team in the nation. Um, they're basically like, well, ignore our two losses. We're still an elite team, which is you know it's debatable, but I mean. You know, Bama still feels like they're in it, and they are still Bama, and they deserve to be in any playoff whatsoever because they're Bama, right? I mean, I'm simple, oversimplifying, but it's kind of true. Like, Bama fans are literally like, well, we're Bama. We should be in there because we're Bama, and they don't want us in there because they're scared. They're afraid. And it's like, no, dude, like, you, you know, we, got, we, we picked the best four. You're not it. Sorry. You know, you're not the best four this year it is what it is but you know with the 12 team playoff now obviously that's going to swing heavily in ohio state bama you know georgia um, clemson that's going to swing heavily in their favor because they are used to you know college playoff football um but you know everybody eventually will get there but you know i i you know, like with Tennessee Vols, now after us beating Clemson, I'm like, well, heck, you know, could we beat TCU? Could we beat, you know, it makes you wonder, right? It's like, okay, we had our second string quarterback. We did not have our top two wide receivers. We didn't have our starting middle linebacker that was the anchor of the defense. We didn't have a starting cornerback. Now, granted, we've not had him all year, so I guess that doesn't technically count. But you start kind of rifling down through the list. And you're like, okay, well, we were missing uh, quite a few key pieces, and we were still able to get it done against Clemson. Um, <clears throat> you know, and so it kind of makes you reflect a little bit, and it kind of makes you think, like, okay, well, hey, maybe we would have done halfway decent in the playoffs. I don't know. But what I like about it is you basically – because, I mean, really, like, the top 10, you're pretty well like, okay, you know, any one of these teams, quote unquote, deserve to be there. Um, you know, let's add a couple teams, bada boom, bada bing, you're in, you know. Um, I don't want to see a whole lot of games, though, um, <clears throat> because I don't want this to draw on, you know, to drag on and on and on and on and on. I just don't, I just don't want to see that. Um, just me personally. Like, NFL's already. You know, I think they've went from 17 weeks up to 18 now or something. And, yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it drag on. But um, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, hey, you know, it might not be terrible. You know, I've, I've definitely seen worse things than more college football. I'm going to be more likely to watch a lot of these playoff games. I'll be honest with you, I check the scores on some of these bowl games, but. You know, I try to balance it out and sit and have time with my family and stuff like that. I had three days off this weekend, and I, I didn't want to spend it, you know, sitting around, you know, whacking at the football all weekend. As as much as I would love to do that, you know, I love my wife, and my daughter more, and my wife, uh, you know, she, she watches the balls with me, but she could honestly, you know, not really care less as far as you know that stuff goes. Um. But yeah, so you know, I'm I'm kind of the you know the 12 team playoff format is kind of growing on me a little bit. Um, you know, I initially, like I said, I wasn't necessarily against it, but I was just like, man, you know, I don't want to see this get grow into like a big, long drawn out thing. I do think 12 is the number. I don't want to see like a 24 team playoff or anything crazy like that. 
think 12 is a good number. But yeah, so looking at how the, the balls fared, okay, balls versus Clemson. Again, this is from my balls peeps here now. So if you don't want to listen, uh, you know, thanks for listening, but we're going to get into some ball stuff here. Total team yards, the Vols had uh, 375, Clemson had 484. Passing yards, Vols had 251, Clemson had 320. Rushing yards, Vols had 124, Clemson had 164. Yards per play, Vols averaged more, 5.7, Clemson averaged 4.8. First downs, Vols had 20, Clemson had 34. Third down efficiency, we're going to skip that. Total plays, Vols only had 66, Clemson had 101. There's a stat that's floating around. I don't exactly remember, but it was like Clemson had an astronomical amount of plays like over the 50-yard line. Uh, like I don't remember how many red zone opportunities they had. It was insane. Um, just how many opportunities they had missed. The Vols actually punted eight times. Clemson only punted three. Um, Vols did have more penalties, um, although when it comes to turnovers, um, zero fumbles for either team, but Clemson threw two interceptions. Vols had the ball for 23 and a half minutes. Clemson had it for the rest, 36, uh, basically 36-ish and a half. Um so, yeah, on paper, if you was looking at this, you would think, oh, man, Clemson probably won. I mean, they had more total yards. They had more passing, had more rushing. Uh, they had more first downs. Um, they completed more third downs. Uh, they had more total plays. They only punted the ball three times. Um, they had less penalties. They did have more turnovers, but, you know, still you would think on paper Clemson won. Nope, Vols 31-14. We're going to look at some Tennessee stats here. Joe Milton, 251 yards, three touchdowns. Jalen Wright rushed the ball 11 times for 89 yards. He just went off 8.1 yards per carry. Jabari Small, 13 carries, 38 yards. He averaged about 2.9 with one touchdown. Um, receiving, Squirrel White went off nine catches, 108 yards, one touchdown. Ramel Keaton, four catches, 76 yards, 19 yards per play, one touchdown. Brew McCoy, he only had four catches and 48 yards and one touchdown. But he, I believe, on like just on the eye test, he looked way better. Um he is more likely to be like the NFL style wide receiver. Um, he's the type of guy, much like Cedric Tillman, you throw it over, he's going to catch it. And I actually think Brew McCoy has the best chances, like playing in the NFL for a while. Um, not that Squirrel White and Ramel Keaton and these guys aren't good. It's just most of the time when they're catching it, they're catching it down the ball, outrunning everybody. You know, Ramel Keaton had a really long touchdown catch, and he's essentially wide open, and Joe Milton, you know, hitting with it. Um, Aaron Beasley on defense just was killing it. He had 10 tackles, two sacks. He was blowing it up all game. Haddon, seven tackles. Jalen McCullough had uh, six tackles. Um Sergeant Slaughter, Danico Slaughter was out there killing it. He had a really big hit. On, it caused a borderline fumble. Um, but, you know, similar to the game that he had versus Kentucky, 
where a guy went to catch it and he just pummeled him. It was fantastic. Um, the two interceptions go to number 12, McDonald, and number 13, Walker. Um, you know, the, I mean, like I said, just phenomenal play. And who would have thought watching that game that Tennessee's defense was going to be the ones that was going to like keep us in the game. Cause there for a while, it was kind of like touch and go. It wasn't clear cut and dry. Like the balls were just killing it. Um, balls were up seven zip in the first quarter. They put up another seven. So it was 14 to three um, there for a minute. But like, you know, and when you're watching that game, it was kind of like tit for tat, like the balls wasn't really pulling away. And then they just slowly kind of started chipping into it. Um, if you look quarter by quarter, Tennessee had seven, Clemson had zero, seven to three, seven, three, ten to eight. So the balls outscored Clemson in every quarter. But, I mean, it was it was kind of touch and go there for a minute. Uh, and let's be honest, I mean, if Clemson hits three field goals, that's the other you know, big storyline. Clemson missed three field goals, just like boom, 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 rip to rip to rip right off. And if they hit those field goals, I mean, we're talking, you know, about a different ball game. I mean, that would have been, what, 14 plus 9. That would have been uh, 31-23, right? So totally different ball game. At that point, you're looking at a touchdown difference. So really, it's more like Clemson lost and the balls just outright dominated. Um, but the defense played really well. It was weird. I mean, it's weird to think that, like, you know, the Tennessee Vols defense was keeping them in the game. I mean, you know, there's a few times where Clemson kind of had some, you know, had some momentum, and then it was like all of a sudden, you know, they get down near the red zone or, you know, get down 30, 40 yards out, and it's like a brick wall just went up. Um so as Vols fan, I mean, it's fantastic to watch and, uh, you know, a very good indicator of things to come. So um, if you're a Vols fan looking ahead at next year, top 10 recruiting class, we ended with 11 wins, um, you know, finished off the season by beating the ACC champions. I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, to, to look forward to you know, for next year's Tennessee Vols team. And I, I absolutely can't wait. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to say that, you know, oh, it was a fluke and this and that, whatever. I personally think that the Vols are back. Um, you know, are they back to national championship level, SEC championship level? Eh, probably not yet. But I think that they can, you know, I think that there's a good chance they'll get there. Um, but uh, eventually, but, you know, I think that they're back to the point of like, okay, you actually have to game plan for them now. It's not just like a, you know, fluke if they win or whatever. Um, so I do think that, you know, you have to have to, you know, give them a little respect. And the thing is, I think Hennon Hooker said it best. When you look back at the scope of the 2022 season, you can't tell the story of this season without talking about the balls. I mean, the absolute resurgence all the noise we made, you know, we made Georgia scared of us. I mean, there's so many good things that happened and I'm just so glad that I was a part of it. And I was glad that, you know, it just so happens the first year that I ever get a job where I don't have to work every single weekend and can actually do some of this stuff. I was able to share it with you guys. So, 
um, you know, it's it's just been a blessing for me as well. So I'm going to go ahead and end it right here. Um, I've absolutely enjoyed y'all's company this, this past year. Can't wait to, to, you know, to look ahead. I can't wait to get 2023 rolling. We're going to be doing some more stuff with this podcast stuff. Going to be doing more stuff with the tra- streaming. Um, we're going to be doing just, just so much stuff along the way, and I'm just super excited. So until next time, this is Big Drewski, baby, and I'm out.